Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome back to the podcast, my friends. Today we have with us Nachman Lieser. He's the founder of Connect Books that has processed over 4 billion in Amazon transactions so far. He is the go-to guy when sellers want real clarity in their businesses. Nachman, how's it going today? Great. Thank you for having me on your show today. Well, it's a pleasure having you here. I hope I didn't butcher your name. I, I practiced before even recording. So did I say it right? Yes, you did. Okay, perfect. So can you tell us, uh, first of all, a little bit about yourself and how you got started into this world? So as like seven, eight years ago, I started my career, say more than nine years ago, I started my career in the accounting field. Mm -hmm. And I got a job as I started first as a bookkeeper of a large wholesale business. Uh, They had a warehouse of 150,000 square feet, you know, and they had a lot of inventory there. And they had very complex inventory, um, you know, like putting together kits, bundles, like all these kind of weird stuff. They weren't an Amazon seller, but, you know, they had a complex, a huge complex inventory. I started off there. I grew into the position as being the CFO of the business and, you know, had a couple of bookkeepers under me working. At some point, I decided I want to go on my own and have my own business. So I started a bookkeeping company. So when I left, I left that position. Um, meanwhile, I was also actually in school and I made sure to finish my school. I did graduate um, school with a master's degree in accounting. And after I finished school and I decided I want to open something on my own, I started a bookkeeping business. So the bookkeeping business was more like to do bookkeeping, but like on a very advanced level slash CFO services for small to medium sized businesses. So like we have like small businesses or medium sized businesses, they don't want to deal with a bookkeeper or they want more advanced bookkeeping. They want to make sure everything is done right. And, you know, decide to have a, somebody in the office who actually takes care of them and knows how to do bookkeeping. And then have a person like me looking over the books, training in the bookkeeper, you know, whatever is necessary. So we started off, I started off that kind of business. And then I was looking for more business and I bumped into a couple of Amazon sellers and they were telling me that they're having a very hard time in figuring out their profits. So it wasn't just figuring out profits. There was two partners in the business and they were a private label and they wanted to know from like, let's say five products belong to partner A and B and then additional five just belong to partner A. So they were like, we need to know how much profit we made and then how much profit we made per product in order that we can split accurately. So I sat on that account. I had to do for like two and a half years worth of bookkeeping. Um, it was kind of a mess all over. No bills. Nothing was done. I had to start from scratch. And it took me a good half a year, you know, say a good four to six months to put this whole picture together. And then I spent a lot of time also on, you know, getting data from Amazon and downloading the reports and sorting everything and putting everything together. And then I was like, you know, if I was like thinking to myself, you know, like I see there's an opportunity here for good bookkeepers in the Amazon field. There isn't that many. And, you know, people are complaining and people need somebody with the right expertise. So I figured, you know, it's something that I can, you know, expand on. So I went to, I had a friend who was a programmer and I asked him about building out such a program, which basically takes a lot of my work and automates it. And he actually told me he can do that for me. So First, I, when I, my initial thought of doing ConnectBooks wasn't so much of selling the program out to the public, it was more of expanding my bookkeeping services in the Amazon field and like, you know, I'll have this product and make it easier for me. But then I saw what I'm building is actually a lot of other companies can just use it, you know, not just, um, 
not, not just my bookkeeping clients. I can just sell it to regular people and just charge them a monthly fee. So that's when we took the whole product and we turned it into a SaaS application. You know, we're, we're selling it out on a subscription base. And, you know, we say, you know, that's, that's, that's how the whole idea of ConnectBook started. Beautiful. And you know what? The reason why you started this is something that I, I've suffered with so much. It's the nightmare of sharing uh, in one of your accounts, having a partner that doesn't own all of the products, right? You're sharing profit of some of the products, but not all of it. Doing that, those calculations is, is a nightmare. And I mean, I, I did study accounting and actually in Europe. I, did, I didn't finish, but I studied accounting, economics, and financial calculation. And I cannot stand numbers anymore. I mean, I, I, I know my numbers in the business, if I'm profitable or not. That, that's something I always need to know. But doing accounting, I, I learned to maybe hate it because when, when I signed up for this, it wasn't what I really wanted. So then I was in it. I had to you know, go and finish a few more years and I just couldn't wait to get out of it. So I can understand. <laughs> kind of sick. Kind of feel your pain. I wouldn't want to go back to school again. I did it once and that's it. You know, there was one thing because I studied in Europe, there was one way it's called the technical professional, technical professional of accounting and economics. Uh, and it's an accelerated way of getting, instead of doing your degree in four years, you get it in two. So instead of just taking random classes, you have 10, what is it? Eight or 10 hours a day of classes for two years. Wow. So I figured that would be the best way to get it over with. And no, I, after a while, you, it's like being in a job where you don't get paid and everything is boring for years. <laughs> so I, I, it's, it's, School is tough. It's hard. A lot of people, you know, fall through it or stuff like that. You know, the thing about me was that I, you know, took out student loans and I was paying it for I'm paying for it myself. It's not like, you know anything and that really like i was like okay i put so much money into this i just better finish better finish mm -hmm. I, but i didn't even go afterwards for my license i just you know decided i'm just good with the degree and i'm just gonna move on yeah well fortunately i didn't get a student loan uh, in europe things are a little bit different so student loans are not something very common plus after after the age of 16 i had started like um, a fast food company uh, my, my own restaurant and um, well, th that I mismanaged, let's just put it out there. I mismanaged it because 16 till probably 19, I owned it. And I thought every, every single cent you make goes into your pocket and it's, you use it now, you know, you go party with it and it doesn't work out that way when your vendors want to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. Oh my God! I see this all time till still today. You know, we get involved in certain companies. One of the things when like I get involved in a company and bookkeeping, like we always try to get our numbers clear. We try to see what is the overhead rate. Um, like one of the good things I took with me from school is like, what's your break-even point? What is your contribution margin? Uh, if you want, to, if you're making this year half a million dollars, maybe you could have made a million dollars. You know, so how do you know that you maximize your profits and maximize your potentials? That is when you know that okay, my overhead is X. And in order for me to break even, let's say I got to hit a million dollars and then anything above that, you know, my contribution margin, let's say is 10%. So if you hit above like two, three million, you'll make, you know, X amount, you'll make, you know, based on the percent. 
But it's, you know, if you have your numbers solid and you're down and you go over your overhead once every once a quarter and make sure everything is done right, you're definitely, you know, on the way to make a lot of money. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's definitely the way to do it. So, um, Nathman, have you ever sold on Amazon yourself? No, never sold on Amazon. Okay. So you basically, you're the numbers guy and you have the software that does the numbers for everybody else because it is so painful in, in Canada is not as hard as in the U S right. Cause it's just, uh, you don't have all the different States with different taxes that I don't even understand that part. So that's easy. I think in Canada, it's more complicated actually today. Yeah. Because today Amazon takes care of the sales tax. Most States, I mean, it depends where certain States not, but I mean, here in New York, where I am located in New York, already Amazon collects. California was like the biggest nightmares. Amazon already collects. A lot of states in, in you know, in the U.S., Amazon collects for you and they give it. Um, I actually have a lot of customers in Canada. You know, we're forever busy. Um, they're doing these reports to get back money from the government, and you know, they have to go through all the Amazon stuff and split it between Quebec and I don't know, and Canada. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing there, but they're like putting in all the Canada taxes and then they collect their refunds every every month or so. Mm. So now, now that we're, we've been into this now for a few minutes, why don't you tell us uh, a bit of what exactly QuickBooks uh, or is, well, it's not QuickBooks, it connects to QuickBooks, but it's ConnectBooks. What does it do and, and how does it do it? It's connected to QuickBooks, I believe. Yeah, so I'll just explain and give a little bit about the program. So yeah. the first thing about the program, what sets us apart from everybody else is that I'm not an Amazon seller. I'm actually an accountant. Um, my expertise is accounting and my expertise is understanding, giving clarity in your business and making sure the numbers are right and the numbers are clear for you to understand. If you made money, you want to see where you made money. If you lost money, you want to see where you lost. So a lot of times there's a lot of different programs out there that I've seen, like let's say programmers decide, you know, they're like, okay, let me make some good program that I can sell and, you know, go public. I don't know what everybody dreams when they make a program. And what happens is that they don't evaluate if there's a correct need for the market or what the need is. And when they build it, they build it in a way where from a programmer perspective, I'm not a coder. I don't know how to code, but this program was built by an accountant. And we had one goal of mine is to give you clarity and give you accurate books. So the build, the build of the program, the goal of the program, the or, how the program is oriented is more from a complete different perspective where we want to focus on giving clarity and setting up your books right. So what we do is ConnectBooks would integrate directly to Amazon's API. Uh, we pull all the data from Amazon. We bring it into our database. And then we, once you sign up, let's say you create yourself an account and you go you speak to the sales rep, afterwards you would get an onboarding set up with a bookkeeper. Um, the onboarding setup with a bookkeeper you would get would be with someone who has a lot of experience. Uh, these people get a very thorough training and they know exactly how to do bookkeeping, what to do when and where. And they would walk you through the setup and make sure that you understand the integration part between ConnectBooks and QuickBooks. So it's important, but also it's very important that we make sure the client gets the right setup. Um, there's a lot of different features we offer, whether it's kit items, bundle items. You know, one of the things is in terms of Amazon, what I would say is, the biggest silent killer in Amazon is inventory. Um, you can do, let's say, $10 million in sales a year, and you could show a million dollars profit. Now, you, you're, you could be carrying four to five million in inventory at year end. So if you're carrying four to five million inventory, you're showing a million dollars profit, and 
let's say six hundred thousand dollars of that inventory is obsolete. You know, you're really you got to write off that six hundred. So your total your total profit is really down to four thousand four hundred thousand or three hundred thousand. So it's important to have the numbers accurate in terms of inventory and in terms of getting you know the the books the right way you know up up and running. So what what we do is when we when we set up the QuickBooks, one of the things we focus is you understand how inventory works and understand how the products get transferred into QuickBooks, whether it's a kit item, whether it's a bundle item, whatever it needs to be, um, we set it up properly. So that's something that we fo- we focus a lot, and we that's how your numbers are accurate, you know, the right way. Once once you know you have the whole onboarding setup complete, and you know then you can start exporting your settlements, and it's basically just a click of a button. When you send the settlements to QuickBooks with one button, it's all there. We also have on our website we have reporting. So what happens is besides getting all your data into QuickBooks you want to start seeing profitability per product. You want to dig into each product. So our reporting on our website is very unique, is we'll show you every single product, how many sold, how many returned, how many got reimbursed. We'll show you all the sales, all the Amazon fees. Uh, We'll break down the PPC spend per product. We'll break down the storage fees per product. We'll break that all down. And then we'll also pull the cost of goods sold per product from QuickBooks. So what happens is we'll go to QuickBooks and we'll take from each product and look how much you paid for it and bring it in. So we'll give you a complete picture on our website, exactly how much money you're making on each product. So you won't have to sit in QuickBooks and dig through each product, which makes it kind of difficult because the, the report that you need in QuickBooks to determine profitability per product is not there. Because when you run a regular like sales by item summary, uh, it tells you, okay, this product sold for $100 and your cost was 20 so you made 80 But you still need to calculate PPC. You need to calculate cost, um, the, the, the Amazon fees, the commission fee, the fulfillment fee. So the way we set it up on the website is where we give you the whole picture together. And then you could just see everything very easy, very simple. Okay, so that, that makes a lot of sense. And in the past, uh, I have tried tools that, for example, wouldn't have an input or manual or automated, didn't have an input for external costs. Basically, the tool would connect to Amazon and would tell me only what my costs were on Amazon, right? Uh, Now, of course, I have to uh, ship things to Amazon sometimes from from a different country, so I can't use, Amazon doesn't charge me for that. I have to get charged by a third-party company. Uh, With your tool, if I have external expenses, I can, at least manually input my expenses? Yeah, so we have it now set up very enhanced, meaning we have a couple options. Um, first thing is, if you want, you can go to the website and go to each product, you can put in a cost. Let's say you pay for a product $2, you put in that you paid for the product $2. Then if you want to add an additional cost, we have something called prep cost, where you can add on, let's say I paid an additional two bucks to prep the product. So this is how we keep the two, the two things separate. Like let's say, for example, the cost of the product goes up Instead of two dollars, it's now. Let's say instead of two, it's now two fifty. Yeah. And you see that your cost was four dollars, so you want to understand like what did I allocate before? So the prep was two, and it cost us two. We also have that we can pull the we can pull your cost from QuickBooks, and we can and then you can also add on a prep cost. That means to say, a lot of people when they're doing the bookkeeping, like let's say you're paying trucking, they're not going to go every single freight bill and allocate it to a product. So what they do is they take all the freight, they just enter it into QuickBooks. And then when they purchase a product, they enter that as well. So what we do is we pull from QuickBooks, let's say this product costs $3, we'll pull the cost from QuickBooks. And then let's say you make a calculation and you come up that, okay, 
this product, the shipping and the freight is approximately, let's say, a dollar per product. So what you could do is you could go to ConnectBooks and just add in the prep cost. And what we'll do is when we'll calculate your cost to get sold, we'll put in your estimated prep cost, and plus we'll take the actual cost from QuickBooks. But we won't send the prep cost to QuickBooks in order to avoid double accounting issue. Meaning to say because you already entered those prep costs as regular expenses, whether it's going to be labor or like shipping or stuff like that. Okay, so one of my issues was the, for example, the cost of the product when I purchase it, it's not always the same, right? So I I, ha- I can input in certain tools and say my product cost me $6.50, but I ordered 20,000 of those. And now uh, next month when I need to order again, I may order 50,000. And because shipping is different and everything, the cost per unit, my landed cost, is not going to be six fifty. Now it can be, you know, uh, $6, for example. So is there a way? So for, yeah, so for that, we have two options. Uh, the easier option is to go on the website and take each product and put in like a start date and an end date. Mm-hmm. You can take a product and say that this month I paid this amount of money, last year I paid, let's say, six fifty. now I'm paying seven fifty. Now, what happens is, let's say, for example, last month you purchased 600, you know, 600 units at, let's say, $2 a piece. Now you purchased additional 900 units at $3 a piece, but you still have like 100 pieces left of your previous batch. So then it kind of gets a little bit complicated. We're working on an update to be able to calculate that as well on our website. But when you track inventory in QuickBooks, QuickBooks constantly keeps on updating your average cost. So QuickBooks keeps track of it. So if you're doing through QuickBooks, we would, you know, we would rely on the number that we get from QuickBooks, and that's how we would, you would avoid this issue of having, you know, the costs going up and down. Gotcha. And could I use ConnectBooks in, let's say, Amazon Europe, Amazon Japan, USA? Yeah, we um, we have, we we do U.S., Canada, Mexico, Japan, U.K., all the marketplaces. And one of the benefits that we have above, I think, I would say, any other software, I haven't seen anyone else have this is we calculate the exchange rate as well. So what happens is, let's say, I'll talk from a U.S. perspective because that's our main clientele. So we have a lot of U.S. sellers and our U.S. sellers that they sell in Canada. So what happens is they, let's say the Canadian dollar to the, to the Canadian is like, the dollar is like point, something like usually around 0.75 to the Canadian dollar. So what we do is each disbursement, it depends really if you're going to be using Amazon to do the disbursement or you're going to use it to pay near. But if you use Amazon to use disbursement, then each settlement comes through to us with an exchange rate. So what we would know is we would say, okay, this is the amount sales you did and this is the exchange rate. Now, what we would do is we would take all the sales and all the fees and calculate it based on the exchange rate. So what happens is let's say you live in the U.S. and your cost is, your cost is going to be U.S. dollars. Your usual problem is that you want to know how much sales in the UK or in Canada you did, how much equivalent that would be in the US style. So what you do is you go to our report and you would have an option to see it in the home currency or based on the conversion currency. And after you do it in the conversion currency, we would convert all the sales to the converted currency and your cost is going to say the same what it is. So you'll be able to see your accurate profit and loss per product on connectbooks.com. Besides the point that you can see it in QuickBooks, whether you want to use multi-currency or not use multi-currency, we have multiple integrations on that as well. That's beautiful. Now, one other thing I just thought of that uh, other tools that I have tried were missing was that they do not have a look at how much I owe Amazon. Because, for example, I I don't know, at the time of this recording, I owe Amazon around $200,000 for the Amazon loans, right? Does your tool 
uh, account for that for the Amazon loans too? So when we export the stuff to QuickBooks, we account for it. Meaning to say, mm -hmm. on the website, we won't show it to you because the website reports are profit and loss. A profit and loss means income and expenses. That wouldn't account for any type of loans or receivables that you have. But when we bring the data into QuickBooks, we would account for the Amazon loan and we create an account on your balance sheet called Amazon loan. And every time you borrow money from Amazon, you know, it, it's part of the settlement. So we need to account for it and we would put it in there. We also have a different thing on reserve funds, like a lot of newer sellers who open accounts in the last two years are doing like two, three hundred thousand. You know, Amazon, like if they do like a million dollars sales in one month, I mean, in one settlement, Amazon could withhold from them like three, four hundred thousand dollars. So that we have to book separately as a receivable. So on the balance sheet, you'll have the money that Amazon's withholding as a reserve. Plus, you'll also have the money from the Amazon loan. You'll have that as well. Nice, nice. All right. Now, tell me something. When will this thing be available, if it's not already, for Walmart and Shopify? So Walmart, we actually just finished. Um, we have actually a couple of sellers using it. It's like our beta testing run. We're probably planning to make it available to the public probably somewhere in the next week. I mean, if somebody messages us, we'll sign them up. For Walmart, we actually have a very cool feature, which I don't think anybody is even out there on it, is we calculate the WFS fees. So what happens is most people, you know, I'm saying if you're just selling a Walmart, um, you have just a regular commission fee. Now, if you're using Walmart's fulfillment center, which a lot of people are starting now to, to do it, you need to account for all the fulfillment fees, plus their storage fees and the other fees they have as well. Um, the, bad, the sad news of this is that Walmart doesn't even have yet an API. Uh, you know, they're a huge company, Walmart, but they don't have, we, we you know, we're, uh, we're actually a registered um, solution provider, service provider with Walmart. And one of the things I had asked them for, if they can, you know, like when you sign up, they're like giving you all the APIs that are available. So we pulled, we pulled the regular APIs, which give us like the reconciliation report and the payment and we get the orders, the refunds and stuff like that. But then we asked them, can you tell us like where we see the Walmart fulfillment fees? And they're like, we don't have any API for that. So what they do have is they have like a regular, they have for each seller when you go into the Walmart account, they have their regular, um, like they have like a report, which like a settlement report, which they give available to the seller. So what we did is we built like an import. So you just take that sheet, download it and go to connect post, give it an upload, and then we'll just add that all into your settlement. And then you'll have, you'll have the reports available and you can export it to QuickBooks. Isn't it impressive that a company as big as Walmart and every other company in that group, that they do not have an API and even for sellers to create certain things in our own accounts, we have to set up our own manually and just with a, some basic instructions. It's there. So it's, 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 I, think that, I think Walmart is just living in the past. They're, mm. they're really not... It's, it's very different today to become like, if you want to become like a service provider in, in, in Amazon, it's so different than when you want to do it in Walmart. You know, Walmart, we go through interviews, everything, you know, I'm not, I'm not complaining anything about the vetting process, whatever they do. You know, Amazon vets also a lot of service providers and they do also audits and stuff like that under service providers. But Walmart, I just kind of feel like, you know, the whole relationship is something like as it used to be in the past. And it's just like... That's kind of like, I think that the whole company is structured. You know, Amazon is a new company. We founded when, and, you know, when the Jeff Bezos started in the late 90s. So, you know, they're kind of always living in the future. Walmart is always busy with huge retail stores and they're founded out of years ago. So it's very different to them in terms of transitioning. Besides transitioning to e-commerce, you know, they, they have to transition their whole, you know, 
internal system. Like even the registers, if you go to a Walmart store, they still have those little screens. You know, I don't know my area, they all have these little screens and these little keyboards. It's actually still gray, you know, like the gray ones, the little ones that pop out. Like, you know, if you, if Amazon opens like any of these other stores that you'll see, like they always um they put pictures in Seattle, like they would open stores without cashiers. Yes. You know, it's going to be some innovative, advanced store where you're going to walk in and just, you don't even have to scan your phone. The writer picks you up from the app where you are and take from whatever you want from the shelf and they'll just charge your credit card. You know, in the Walmart, it's like so yesterday. I, I actually you know? seen that. A video of one of those Walmart stores. Do you walk in, pick whatever you want, and you walk out? And as you're walking out the door, it will charge you automatically for what yeah. you. It, it is. It, that's exactly it. My thought is exactly like yours. Walmart is living in the past, and they're living from the past. And uh, Walmart or Amazon only thinks of the future, and, and that's that's why they're winning, is because they're only thinking of the future and everything but seller support. When it comes to seller support, <laughs> Amazon is very, very, uh, but I mean, they're still better than Walmart because Walmart doesn't even have support. It's, um, I mean, my God. It, I had support cases open for six months with Walmart. And, uh, and then done anything? No, I ended up closing it myself because, you know, after six months, any problem will fix itself. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, what's one of the biggest challenges you had to overcome since you started uh, your business? Have you had anything? Um, probably the biggest thing I would say would be scaling. Um, people think that you just open up a software company and like from one day to the next, you know, okay, you roll out your main application and then you're adding on new features, adding on new stuff. Um, kind of the process, like we recently rolled out a version two of ConnectBooks. Our version two included a complete dashboard where we give you like a, at a glance, last 30 days, sales, profits, uh, you know, sales and all these stuff. Um, it was quite hard. People don't realize like for three months we had engineers just kind of spending on time of speed, you know, when to roll this out. Now, when I started the company, it was very small. You know, we had like 10 clients and, you know, it wasn't a big deal. You know, when you're syncing data for 10 accounts, you can't compare it to when you're syncing data to over a thousand accounts, you know. It's not just getting more powerful servers. It's getting the, the I would say the foundation, like the mechanism, all the code, a lot, a lot of stuff. You know, we had to change around a lot of things in terms of scaling. So, what's kind of challenging is on one end, you know, I'm always focusing, trying to focus on the future and grow the business and invest more marketing and you know bring on new features that's useful for sellers. Whether it's going to be a whether it was our version two of ConnectBooks. Um, whether like, for example, we added on a new feature recently, which um, we have sellable and unsellable returns. Mm -hmm. We'll tell you which returns are unsellable and we won't calculate part of, we won't put it back into inventory. We'll expense those returns. Like there's a lot of these little stuff or whether we can sync orders separately to QuickBooks for FBA versus FBM. Like if you want to keep separate warehousing so you can see your FBA stock and then see your FBM stock and reconcile it for more accuracy. We added that on as well. You know, there's a lot of like kind of adding all these features, but besides that, you have to deal with scaling the business and scaling the business in software involves a lot of um, high qualified, you know, experienced engineers, which know how to tackle it the right way, which usually when you start the company, you don't really focus too much in terms, you know, you're just starting out and you don't really realize, you know, what you're going to get yourself into. You know what most people think? You uh, Let me know if you agree with me. We all watch those movies of any software company. They're Silicon Valley-based companies. 
that they start today, tomorrow they have 10 million users and their biggest problem is upgrading servers because they they don't have enough bandwidth for all of that. In, in real life, the, the, the biggest issue is not that you have too many users, correct? I mean, too many users is a good issue. These yeah. bad, sometimes it's a problem you don't have business. But um, uh, <coughs> uh, the, the service shouldn't be a big deal. If you're using something like AWS, I mean, they charge a lot. Uh, if you're using Azure, they charge through the roof. Um, it shouldn't be a big deal to spin up service. But what I was saying before, it's not so much about spinning up service. It's building the mechanism to handle the spinning service and adding stuff like that. It's like, um, I believe Netflix, you know, they have probably like when they have a certain amount of stream usage, they built into the software to detect that, you know, okay, once we hit this amount of users, uh, spin up an AWS and other 10 servers. And when these people leave, turn it off because we don't want to pay for it. Wow. So building out that part of the software is very complicated. And the hard part about it is nobody starts a business to build it out for 10,000 users. Most people started off more at a smaller scale. And then so they build out their software to handle, let's say, 300 users. And then when they hit 300, they have to now build it out for 5,000 users. When they hit like 5,000, they build it out for 20,000. So that part is a constant change. And you have to constantly be ready always for the growth. And you have to constantly redo those stuff. That's actually fascinating. I'm, I'm not a software guy, but I didn't know that existed or that, that could be done, that increasing the number of servers by every time the number of users increase and then just dropping them after. So that's fantastic. So now the important thing, if anybody that's listening is interested in, of course, they want to automate the, the part of the tedious part, right, that, that is the taxes, where do they find you or where do they find Connect Books? What information do you want to give out? Um, just go to the website and sign up, connectbooks.com. Go there. They can just start a chat on the website or they can you know, submit a form and we'll reach out to them and we'll go from there. Perfect. And this will be the API connection of this will be one of those that's very easy with two clicks of the mouse and they're yeah. connected. I just do when you sign when you create your account, you sign up, and then uh, once you like fill out your information, the next step is we ask you to connect the store, and then you just have to click, let's say Amazon. You don't have to put in any tokens or anything like that. It just redirects you to Amazon's page, and you just hit agree. And once once you agree and you get from there, we'll we'll pull your information. Perfect, Achman, thank you so much for talking to me today and. Uh, uh, before I go, I would like to offer a promotion, if you're okay with it. I would like yeah. to offer a promotion for your sellers and for your listeners who want to sign up for our software. Uh, we'll be offering, we give, when anybody signs up for our software, we give a 30-day free trial. I'll go above that and we'll add an additional three months at wow. 50% off. So when they sign up, they're going to have to put in code PC3, P, letter P, letter C, number three, so they sign up, they put in PC3, and then after, like, let's say you sign up now, you get your 30-day free trial, and then for the next three months after that, you'll get it at 50% off. Wow, beautiful. And just to add, I'm just going to add one little thing, that this code will expire at the end of the month. So they got to hit this by the end of January to sign up. Um, otherwise, they lose the promotion. There you go. So, guys, you have, at uh, the time of this recording, a couple of weeks in January 2021. Go to connectbooks.com and enter the code PC3 and you'll get an extra 90 days on top of the original 30 at 50%.
All righty. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nachman, and it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. It was great.